Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. I want you to know that I had a very fun time going on the internet and looking for an amazing survival story. I found a survival story of a young lady who had a plane crash, landed in the Amazon jungle, woke up looking for her mother strapped next to her, were three ladies still strapped in the airplane seat, eaten with flies, and she broke herself loose and crawled to a cabin, went into the cabin, and inside the cabin there was salt and kerosene, and she cleaned out the worms in her skin, and later hunters came and they found her. You see, we love survival stories. But I want to tell you something. I found a book this week that is covered in survival stories, one after another after another. But the amazing thing about this book that you must get a copy of it, and it's in this sack right here. I brought it to show you a copy of this book. But the amazing thing about this book is that there were accidents and incidents all over these areas and regions, and the same person would show up at every single accident and come to their rescue. How did, how did that happen? How could that be? It's an amazing book. Would y'all like to see it? I brought it tonight so y'all can see my book. It's an amazing book. It is, are you ready for the name of it? The name of the book, what is it? It is the Bible. It is the Bible. I want you to tell you something. God is the undercover agent in your situation. God is the undercover agent in your situation. I want you to know that. Listen, the greater the wound, the greater the tragedy, the greater the rescue story. Some of you tonight, as I talked to you coming in, so over here somebody gave me a story and it just sounded really difficult. And I said to her, hang on, God is the undercover agent in your situation if you will solely and completely trust in Him to do a work. You see, the Bible says in Psalms 147, it says, He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. It says He contains limitless strength for all of us. It says He is a God of absolute power and He puts the fallen back on their feet again. You see, He is the rescuer. In fact, in Scripture, there is an ambulance verse, or I call it an emergency promise. It's Psalms 911. It's Psalms 911, Psalms 91.1, that says this, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High God will remain stable and fixed. There is an answer for you. There is a place for you to run where you are walking today, sisters, and it is in the ambulance verse of 911. I loved it. I was at Target the other day, and I saw this. This is not the cutest little thing. It's, it reminded me of God in the ambulance truck. He hears you calling for Him, and you're placing your life and your hope in Him, and He hears you calling, and here's what He does. He just, here comes God. Oh. The only difference is that God does not crash and burn on the way. But I tell you what, he's coming and running. You call out to him, run, run, run. Here he comes. He is coming to your rescue. But I want you to know something. The Bible is full of survival stories. And the one that I want to share to you tonight is from Joshua. It is the perfect Bible story for single moms. Let me tell you a little bit about the background of this story. God had just delivered the Israelites from bondage from Egypt and taken them through the Red Sea, a couple of million people, and they had camped on the other side for 40 years. 
and then God handpicked Joshua in whom he had been training in the hard times. He had been training him in the hard times as the survivalist leader to take the children into the promised land. But there was a problem, you see. There was a big problem. There were giants in the land, men nine feet tall. There were some 40 terrorist groups or groups that they would face on the other side, enemy groups. I mean, can you imagine going into the the terrorist group or into Iran or Iraq and having 40 terrorist groups facing you in the face? This is what they faced. It was an impossible situation. You see, you are a type of Joshua. God has handpicked you in your situation as the survivalist leader in your home to take these children of yours into the promised land. You have been selected and handpicked by God as a survivalist leader. But I know what you're thinking. There's giants in the land. Is there not giants in the land? There is the finance giant. Pam, how am I going to pay my bills? There's the exhaustion giant. I'm just so tired. There is the fear giant or the responsibility giant. I'm just so responsible for everything. Do you feel that way? I'm just so responsible for everything. And there's the internal giants that you face. There's bitterness and anger and and feeling rejected and feeling like you don't measure up. There's those internal giants that you face. But the principle is this. I want you to know that as God allowed them to go in there, God, this was God's principle. He loved them and that God had a plan for them. I want to tell every one of you single moms in here, Jeremiah 29, 11 says that God has a plan for you, which says this, somebody is thinking of you. Somebody is thinking of you. You are not rejected. You are not abandoned. Somebody is thinking of you. And it's a good plan. The Bible says it's a good plan. The Hebrew word for good means profitable, advantageous, well-founded. There is yet a good plan for you. But, but, listen to this, but they had to go in and they had to possess it. Many of you, you just need to go in there if you're a follower of Christ and you need to possess it. You see, you must appropriate what God has made available. It's there. It's there for you if you're a follower of Christ. You see, you, you're, it requires you believing in God's character over your circumstance. You have got to believe that God is good and gracious and loving wherever you're walking and that God still has a plan for you. I can't help but think back in those days when I look at those days with Jason and Sarah, I sat in a room with navy blue wallpaper and the sun came up on the roof on the house across the street and shone in on me. I was so devastated and God spoke to me and he said, I want you to trust me, Pam. I want you to trust me, Pam. You see, I had a choice at that moment to possess my land. I had a choice that morning, that morning to arise, to arise, to get up and to arise. And that's the name of our ministry. Arise, go ahead, arise. And you have a choice tonight to arise, take your land, arise, come forward and take your land. You see, if you are a follower of Christ, God, listen, has given you the victory as a single mom. You have the victory. You have it, but you must Take hold of it. In fact, every step that Joshua took as he entered the land, that he entered it on conquered ground. He entered it on conquered ground. But your enemy does not want you to know that. He wants you to stay defeated, stay rejected, stay feeling abandoned and rejected. He doesn't want you to know this. You see, I want you to repeat after me. I am not 
defeated. Say it again. I am not defeated. You see, God had given Joshua land, but he had to walk across it to receive it. He had to walk across it to receive it. Joshua was given, listen listen to this, only as much land as he walked across. I don't know about you, but some of you moms need to get busy and start doing some walking. You need to start walking across some of this land that's already yours. God has a plan for you. It's time for you to leave that other stuff behind and move forward and start possessing this land. Amen? It's time for you to move forward. So what I want us to do, let's just go back to the story in Joshua. Here they are facing the giants, facing them. And listen to what God tells them to do. They're scared. They're petrified. Listen to what he tells them to do. It just doesn't make sense. It absolutely doesn't make sense, but you know what? God's ways are higher than ours. And some of you tonight are saying, God doesn't make sense in what I'm doing right now. His ways are higher. So they stood there getting ready to walk into the promised land, and we, we read a principle that God taught them back in the wilderness. Listen to what he tells them to do. They're scared half to death. Listen to what he tells them to do. I'm not believing it. Hmm. He said, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your sons. And they shall talk about them when they sit down and when they walk by their way and when they lie down and when they rise up. He goes on to say, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. Listen, that it may go well with you. That it may go well with you and with your sons. Are you serious? We're about ready to get annihilated by all these enemy terrorists, and you're just telling me to love you? I mean, are you serious? That's what God is telling you tonight. You're facing giants in the land, but God is telling you the most important thing you can do is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You see, he told them to do three things. Write this down. He told them to seek. He told them to keep. And he told them to teach. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? For every one of you, I would say you're going to seek, you're going to keep, and you're going to teach. That's what you're going to do. You're going to seek, keep, and teach. What does it mean to seek the Lord your God? It means that you will be devoted to Him wholeheartedly. You see, the problem today that I see with so many single moms is divided loyalties. Divided loyalties. Your loyalties are divided I couldn't help but think about a principle when I opened up the refrigerator the other day and saw the half and half there. I thought about so many single moms are trapped in this. You see, here's the world and all the way the world tells you to do single motherhood. This is the way the world tells you to do it. And this is God's ways and God's principles. They're divertly opposite. But the problem today with so many single moms I see is divided loyalties. They have one foot in the world and one foot in the Word of God. They are are divided. They are divided. Listen, ladies, I want to tell you something. If you don't remember anything else the whole conference, remember this. Remember this. Until Jesus is your only option, you will continue to frustrate God's plan. Until Jesus is your only option, you will frustrate his plan. Get yourself out of that world right now and get over here. Get out of it and get over here. You are frustrating God's plan. So how do we seek God? 
As I talk to single moms everywhere, they're just, I know you need to read your Bible, you need to pray, but I want to be really practical. I really want to hit you right where I know you walk. Single moms are lonely. It's hard. It's hard. How do you seek God in your loneliness? You have got to find strong Christian fellowship. Women. You have got to find strong Christian women. Fellowship. You have got to find godly women to run with. Because it it is a proven fact that we all have a need for inclusion in group life. And when we don't include ourselves in group life, we build up stress hormones. You need group life. Healthy group life. But the problem today is so many single moms are trying to find that group life in a relationship with another man too early because you have a need there. Teresa McKinney said it so well when she said 95% of single women make it to the altar again and 80% of those don't make it. Now what is the deal about that? I read an article this week by Robert Stone called Rebounds, and he says this. People often get into a new relationship during the painful ending of their marriage too soon after divorce or the death of a spouse. How wonderful it is to feel desired again, a welcome relief from those lonely nights at home. Amen? It feels so good for somebody to find you desirable. I know. It's like you'll just almost sometimes, I'll, I'll take anybody. I mean, a hug from anybody. I mean, I, hope, I mean, I remember right when I was single again, and, and I'd been single maybe two months, and a man at church hugged me, and I was just like, I just melted right there. I mean, just right there. I just melted right there. But you just, you, there's that need. There's that need to be loved and that need to be desired. I want you to know something, what happens, what he went on to say in that article. The problem is you get emotionally attached, and you go along with it. And it seems so wonderful, but listen, some of you are here right now. Eventually, it's going to lead to a commitment. And neither, and he's not ready for a commitment, or you're not ready for a commitment, and it begins to fall apart, and then you're worse off than when you started. Listen, I want to tell you something. Wholeness is not found in marriage. Wholeness is found in Christ. Wholeness is found in Christ. I want to tell you my three to five year rule. If you are single again, you, I mean, my, my safety rule, don't even think about dating or thinking about it for at least three to five years. And I know you're thinking, oh, you've got to be kidding me. You have no idea how much healing you need to do. You have no idea how much God wants to do th- through you. You need to practice that three to five rule. So number, the first thing is to seek. Seek God with all your heart. Get out of the world. Get into God's Word. The second thing is this, is to keep. It's to keep God's commandments. Now, I know you're a bunch of single moms. You're good keepers. You keep the carpool. You keep the refrigerator full. You keep the laundry done. You keep gas in your tank. You keep, you keep, you keep. But, but, do you keep the most important thing? The most important thing you can do in your home is to keep the Word of God. That is number one. Keep the Word of God. So how are you going to do that? One way I discovered that was so helpful to me as a single mom, I I had this little survival kit, and I put it in my purse as a reminder to keep God's Word. And I would put things in my kit that helped me remember to keep the Word of God. A little survival kit, it had a little stick figure on it. And one thing inside my survival kit was a picture of a stethoscope. 
Because the stethoscope is a very interesting, very interesting tool. It detects what's within your heart. You need a stethoscope. This stethoscope is the tattletale of what's within. You need a stethoscope, a powerful instrument. Put it in your survival kit to remind you to put it to your heart and to see what God wants to tell you. You see, the Bible says in Psalms 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try everything I'm going through and lead me to the way everlasting. In your little survival kit, you need a stethoscope. And when you put it up to your heart, God will talk to you. And when he does, you need to respond. You need to respond. So oftentimes we tell our children, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Do you ever wash your hands? You see, the Bible says in Psalms 34, it says, do you want to come up to my mountain? Do you want to come see me? Do you want to enter, enter my presence? The Bible says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart can come into my presence. My friends, what you need in your little survival kit, you need a little towelette here. You need to wash your hands. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. If you've received Christ as your Savior, your sins were forgiven at the cross. You don't need to feel guilty. You don't need to be ashamed. Your sins have been forgiven. However, some of you need to practice cleansing your thought life. Some of you need to practice not letting bad things come into your mind. You need to cleanse yourself. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You want to keep His commandments? You pull out your towelettes and say, God, what thoughts do I have that I need to ask, that I need to cleanse tonight? Cleanse my heart, oh God, cleanse my heart. And my little towelettes and my survival kit helped me to do that. Not long ago, I was at a baby shower, and I was so happy for the gal who was having her third baby. And I know she's, she has a little happy little family, the little perfect thing, those things that you know. I know that's what you feel sometimes when you go to baby showers. And I looked across the room, and I saw one of my single mommies. because all y'all are my single moms. I saw one of my single moms at that shower, and I knew how she felt. She's sitting here trying to act all happy. She had a baby shower not long ago, and things were perfect. But now she's a single mom trying to act happy at a baby shower. How many of you been there, done that? Raise your hand. I mean, how many been there, done that? You know what you need in your survival kit? You need in your survival kit a sting relief towel. Sting relief and a cold pack. When you swell and it's hurting so much, you just put the cold pack on top of that sting. You see, you will discover as a single mother that there are times when you just sting all over. Everywhere you go, it hurts. Amen? But you need a cold pack. You need a sting relief towel, which is God's holy word. You speak the truth over that sting. You go to a baby shower, you go to a wedding, and you go, I have no husband. I have no husband. You take the word of God over that lie, and you listen to Jesus say, but I am your husband. The Lord your God is your maker. You're at a wedding, and you say, nobody loves me. You put that sting relief towel over that thought. John 3, 16, God says, I love you. I love you. Or how about this, back to school night. Don't you love it when the teacher sends something home, say, parents, back to school night. It's that plural word that gets to you. The plural word, the parents deal. And you go there and you say, God, I'm so worried. Does anybody care? You put that over there. First, um, Peter, First Peter 5, 7, God says, I care for you. 
Hebrews 13, 5, I will never, never leave you or forsake you. It sucks the sting out of your hurt. You must apply the Word of God. Or better yet, how about, oh, how about New Year's Eve? You're sitting here looking at a whole nother year of the kind of year you just came through. Amen? And you're saying, God, I can't do this a whole nother year. You take your cold pack, you put it on that hurt. And listen, I want to tell you what God's going to tell you. He's going to tell you in 2 Timothy that you possess risen power. He's going to tell you that He will take you through everything. He's going to tell you that He will raise up in you strength and power to get through every single heartache. You take your cold pack of God's Word and you use it. Another thing you might want in your, your little survival kit. I just love my survival kit. This little goodie bag. It's my goodie bag. Another thing I have here is vicing. Advising because you need to see yourself the way God sees you. You need to see you for who you are. The world doesn't come up and tell you at work, you are so precious. You are God's delight. You are adored. You are forgiven. You are clean. You are attended by angels. You are well content with difficulties. The word doesn't, world doesn't tell you that. You need your vicine of God's holy word to see yourself the way you really are. The Bible says you are God's delight. You are God's delight. Do you understand that? You satisfy Him. Shelley had mentioned, I just wrote a book. It came out last April called, Will the Real Me Please Stand Up? In it, I listed 100 blessings that are yours if you're a follower of Christ the King. You need to make a copy of the list at the back of that book and put it in your survival kit, and you need to go over every day. I am loved. I am clean. I am forgiven. I am not rejected. I am well content with difficulties. I am empowered. I am enabled. I mean, and on and on it goes. This is who you are in Christ if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This is who you are in Christ. So what are we going to do? We're going to seek. We're going to keep. And the third thing we're going to teach. The third thing you're going to do is you're going to teach. You're going to talk to your children about the Word of God every second that you can. You're going to make it a normal part of your conversation. You're going to practice His presence. You're sitting down to the dinner table and your, boy, your children are here. You're going to pull up an extra chair and you're going to say, hey kids, Jesus is sitting with us to dinner tonight. You're going to practice His presence. You're going to practice, practice, practice His presence. Teach your children the Word of God every second that you have. The season is so small while they're at home. But I know what you're thinking. Some of you out here are saying, but Pam, my kids are already grown and gone, and I didn't do that. And you're hurting because you feel like you've lost the opportunity. You give it to God. I'm telling you, God is a God of second, third, fourth, fifth chances. You have no idea what God can still do if you miss that window of opportunity. But those of you that still have small children at home, raise your hand. Listen here. Practice God's presence in your home. Get your life right with Christ first, and then you practice His presence in your home. And some of you are saying, but I have teenagers. But I have teenagers, and they won't listen to me anymore. Raise your hand if you've got some of those. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray. Ladies, I want to tell you something. This is part of my story. Um, I taught my kids the Word of God. I taught them the Word of God. I taught them the Word of God. In fact, I got a sweet note from my boy, Jason, when he was eight years old. Look what he sent me one day, a note that said this. It said, uh, it said this. He said, thank you for trying to raise Sarah and I. You are neat. 
I like the way you raise us in Jesus Christ. I like your, and that word is style. I like your style, Mom. I like your style. He's eight years old. Okay, then I get another note at 10, same thing, 12, same thing, 13, 14. He gets into high school. Broke my heart. I had done everything I knew to raise him right, but you know what? Your children have choices. I want you to be at a place when your children are in high school or college that if they make choices you didn't want, at least you can say, I did the best I could at that time. I want you to have no regrets if your children choose to go the other way for a while. I want you to let it go realizing they are in God's hands, but I don't want you to have any regrets. So now, seize the season while you have it. Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.